Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. I want to give you a verse that I want you to think about and a verse that I hope that we remember and, and kind of kind of becomes our verse as we go through the year. Make you a new heart and a new spirit. This is a verse, it's a simple verse from Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 31. And to me, that is our goal. That is our goal as children of God is that every day we try to make within ourselves a renewal, a new uh, commitment, a, a new level of service to God. Make you a new heart and a new spirit. And, and I hope that as we spend time together in the Word of God over the next year together, as we as we walk into and journey together through the first year of a decade together, or as some people may argue the last year of a decade together, we're going to say for the sake of conversation that this is the first year of the decade. I hope that we are able to create something within the walls of this building and within the limits of this city and this county that is uh, new, not 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 teaching new things necessarily, not trying to change what Christ has done and said, but creating maybe a new excitement about the kingdom of God here at Ninth Avenue and reaching out of this community and bringing people to Christ, giving them the hope of salvation and the opportunity to walk a new life with Christ every single day. I believe that this is just the beginning of the things that we are going to be able to accomplish together as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. And I hope that you will make it a commitment in your life to be a part of those new things that we are trying to accomplish as a church family. So as we think about newness and we think about our lives changing, what I want us to do for the next couple of months from January and February is I want us to look at some lessons from the book of Luke together. Most of them will come from the book of Luke. We may kind of branch out to some of the other Gospels, but look at lessons or stories from the book of Luke where someone has encountered Jesus and it gives them a new perspective on life. It gives them a new direction. It gives them maybe a new identity. And we're going to look at all these different encounters that people have with Jesus. Now, this is just an, an interesting kind of side note, if you will, as you think about the context of the life of Jesus. Very rarely did people come into the presence of Jesus and leave just kind of like, eh, okay. That wasn't too bad. I mean, didn't convict me of anything, but yeah, I mean, if that's your thing. Have you ever noticed in, in, in Scripture that most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, when someone encounters Jesus, it has a radical effect on the positive end or on the negative end. It either makes them uh, a, a committed follower of His, or they get so mad and so aggravated at what he says and what he teaches that they make it their mission to tear him down and, and, and just break everything apart that he's trying to accomplish in his ministry and in his mission. So my question is this, as we encounter Jesus together through this study, what reaction are you going to have? What reaction will you have to the life 
of our Savior. A lot of times we hear these stories of Jesus and they're not new. We hear these stories of Jesus that we've heard our whole life. And it's easy to, to, to forget the power that's in these passages. It's easy to just think about the story on the surface and not really dig in because we've heard them in Sunday school. We've heard them in vacation Bible school. We've heard them everywhere that we've ever been if we've been in church for the majority of our life. And I hope and I pray that as we dig into these passages together over the next few weeks, that we'll find a renewed interest in the power of these words. That being said, let's go to God in prayer, then we'll jump into our lesson. God, we thank you for your willingness to be the loving Father that you are. I pray, God, that as we begin this study, that we will open our hearts to you, God, that we will approach your word of God with your word, God, with an openness to learn, an openness to be renewed by things that may be old to us, God. Just because things are old does not mean that they have lost their power in any way. It's just maybe our hearts have become a little hard. Or maybe we're just used to those things, God. Maybe if we need to, God, reconvict us. Challenge us, God. Allow your spirit to push us in the direction of change and growth if it needs to be that way in our life. Thank you for this time, God, that we get to just be together and worship you and sing songs of praises to you and pray to you to commune around your table and remember that sacrifice that you made, God, through Jesus. And now as we open up your word, may we do so in spirit and in truth, God. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you need a handout and didn't get one, I think there may be a few more floating around. But this morning, we're going to start in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, which was read for us just a little bit ago. And we're going to talk about some new life lessons, some new life lessons. Now, I've toyed back and forth about whether or not to, to divide this into two lessons or uh, just one long lesson this morning. Uh, I'll tell you what, when I get hungry, I'll quit preaching. How about that? which may not take very long. But we're going to run through these points very quickly this morning, these lessons, and then we'll spend some time in fellowship together. Let's begin by reading our passage together one more time. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him there. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Where were not all ten men cleansed? Were all the other nine, where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith 
has made you well. What a great story, and a very short story, but something that we can bring some great life lessons out of. So, so let's dig in and get right into it this morning. Here's the first thing. You have a deadly problem that only Jesus can fix. You have a deadly problem that only Jesus can fix. These ten men had a disease that is still around, not necessarily in our culture, in our country, but a disease called... Do it again. A disease called leprosy. Okay, and that's one of those Bible diseases, man, that we've we have heard of and we have studied about and, and we've had skits at Vacation Bible School about. But the truth of the matter is, it's, it's such a sad disease. Such a sad disease. A disease that attacks you and, 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 and causes you to be basically unable to be around anybody. It causes nerve damage and you get to where you can't feel things in your hands and in your feet and, and you lose you know, you may you may burn your hand and not even know that your hand was ever being burned. It was such a sad disease. A lot of people ended up in the scripture times of, of going to leper colonies where they're all kind of there together and, and they they kind of have a life, but they don't have a life. I read somewhere one time that these these men and women were called the walking dead. Now, in our culture, in our society, that carries a little bit different kind of connotation with, with the TV show. But you kind of get the idea. No one wants to be around those people. No one wants to have anything to do with those people. That illness, okay, that deadly problem separates them from everybody and everything that they've ever known. And even though none of us have leprosy this morning, we still find ourselves in a potentially dangerous place if we're not careful. I want you to so look with me in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 6, where Isaiah writes these words. He goes, Sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, a broad of evildoers, children given to corruption. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurred the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundless, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. I want you to let that passage just kind of sink in for a moment. And even though this passage was written nearly 3,000 years ago, does, do these words not describe the culture in which we live today? We, we live in a culture, we live in a society that, that takes sin, that takes sin, and, and as a whole, this may not be how you live, it's not how I live, but it's the way the world lives. They take sin and they put it up on a pedestal. And when certain people do evil things, that things that we call evil, the world calls it normal, they are praised for those things. Uh, infidelity is praised in, in certain situations. Homosexuality is praised in situations. There are certain sins in our culture that when they take place, people get excited about those things. And Isaiah, Isaiah takes that image of, of worshiping sin, basically, and equates it to the idea of leprosy here. And he says, you, there, there, there's nothing that can be done. Now, even though, even though we may not always live in the way of the world, each and every one of us struggle with sin, don't we? Each and every one of us struggle with sin. 
I would say raise your hand if you don't struggle with sin, but then everybody would know you were a liar, so you know you would have a struggle as well. But in James chapter 1, put your bookmark right there in Luke 17, and go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting in verse 13. James writes this, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each of us is tempted. Now listen, when by our own evil desires, He is dragged away and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Each and every one of us struggle with evil desires. Now, he he doesn't say here that every evil desire automatically becomes sin and leads to death. No, he says, but you have to be careful because those evil desires, if you're not careful, they're going to entice you. They're going to drag you away from where you need to be. They're going to look so, so good. They're going to look so appealing. And you're going to want to live in that evil. And if you give in to that, then you're going to live a life of death. Not necessarily physical death in the moment, but spiritual death, a spiritual disconnection from God. So we have to understand that in our own lives, we have a problem a sin problem, if we're not careful, that only Jesus can fix. So let's move on to the next idea here. If we have a problem, just like these guys had a problem, then there's something we need to do. We must admit our need and cry out to Jesus. (coughs) We must admit our need and cry out to Jesus. These ten men all banded together and decided that uh, they were going to approach Jesus, okay? They, they, they could have just said, you know, hey, look, we're going to die. There's nothing that could happen. Somewhere along the way, these men had heard about the amazing ministry of Jesus and the things that he was doing and the people that he was healing and the people that he was helping and the way he was changing people's lives. And so they decided they were going to give this a shot. They got together and said, hey, let's approach this guy and see if he could do anything for us. And as Jesus came close, basically they yelled out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Pay attention to us. See that we have a need. Now, it would have been easy if you're in a group of ten guys and you've all got kind of the same condition it might be easy to go, you know what? John's leprosy is a lot worse than mine. I mean, out of the ten of us, John's the worst, and Neil's number nine on the bunch, and, you know, I'm the best out of this situation, so so my problems aren't as bad as their problems. I don't need this Jesus. Yeah, y'all go ahead and go, go holler at this Jesus guy as he walks by, but compared to you guys, I don't really have the problems that you have with this leprosy. If we're not careful, we can have that same attitude about sin. We can have that same attitude about sin. And we can look at other people and say, you know what? I may have a little bit of a lying problem. um, But I've not killed anybody today. I may have a little bit of a gossip issue. But I've not robbed a bank. And it's easy to look at our sins and to say, hey, I look up and down my pew and I, and man... I know the kind of guy David is. 
I mean, yeah, he's here this morning, but I know what kind of guy he is when he leaves, and I'm better off than that, so it's, I'm really not that bad. I really don't have the needs that other people have. That is a very, very dangerous place for us to be. Yet I think it's a very easy thing for us to do because the world is built that way. The world is built around the idea of look at other people and make yourself better than them. You know, lift yourself up, make yourself better than other people. And Scripture is not that way. At the foot of the cross, it's nothing but level ground, people. Nothing but level ground. We're all on the same plane when it comes to standing at the foot of the cross with Jesus. And these ten guys, they weren't foolish enough to think that one was better off or worse than the other. They all knew that eventually they were going to die from this disease and that together and as individuals, they had to cry out to Jesus and they had to admit that they needed Jesus in their life. Let's move on very quickly. God's power is not released until you step out on faith. God's power is not released until you step out on faith. So the, the, the image of the story here, the image of the story here is that Jesus is walking along and these guys kind of from a distance, they understood they couldn't just walk up to Jesus and into the crowd of people. Okay, that, that would cause a panic. That, that would cause a problem. And, and so from a distance, from, 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 from not just, I guess, far, far away, but far enough away that they had to yell at him, they go, hey, Jesus, have pity on us. Okay, and I love this part about Jesus. I love what Jesus does. Have you ever noticed in Scripture that Jesus doesn't have just one way that He heals people? It's always something different, isn't it? Sometimes, sometimes He rubs mud in your eyes. Sometimes He just speaks to you. Sometimes He touches you. Jesus heals in so many different ways, which is an amazing idea about His power, that His power is not limited that just whatever he wants to do, he was able to do and, and, and still can do. And so these guys are, are, are yelling at Jesus. Hey, Jesus, do you see us? Have pity on us. Do something for us. And essentially, what does Jesus do back? They yell at him, and he what? Yells back at them. What does he say? Be healed. Does he say be healed? He never mentions the word healing in this story, does he? What does he say? Go show yourself to who? Go show yourself to the priest. Why do they need to do that? Because to be officially cured from leprosy, the high priest had to deem you cleansed. Okay, He, he had to, to look at you and he had this big long list of things. You can find that in Leviticus chapter 13. A big long list of things that um, uh, you, you had to kind of check off to be cleansed. And he says, hey, just just go and show yourself to the priest. Now, in their current position, when Jesus said that, what's going to happen if they show up in that position when they show up to the priest? What's he going to say? You're unclean. There's nothing clean about you. You still have leprosy. When did the healing really start to begin to take place? When Jesus spoke the words or when they started walking to the high priest? When they started walking to the high priest. You see, God's power is not released until you step out on faith. Did Jesus have the, have the power to heal those guys? Absolutely. Did His power heal those guys? Absolutely. But you see, God's power is only as powerful sometimes as your faith is. 
you ever wondered why you're not seeing great works of God in your life? It could be because you're just standing still. I'll even take it a step further. It could be because all you're doing is sitting in the pew. We've created a church culture where going to church is the beginning and the end of our faith sometimes. And it's not. It's not. This is an important time. Matter of fact, the Hebrew writer says, don't give up this time. Don't, don't forget to be together because it's so important to encourage one another and to lift one another up. We have to come together to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Okay, there, there are reasons that we are together. But going to church is not the beginning and the end of your faith. Your faith is lived when you begin to walk and obey the words of Jesus. And if you're looking for that moment of your life for Jesus to do amazing things that you may see him doing in other people's lives, there's a lot of reasons that he may or may not be blessing you in that way at the moment. But it might be because you're not walking, because you're not stepping, because you're sitting still and not really accepting that power and walking on the words of God. So God's power is not released until you step out on faith. We'll keep going. It is good to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that a great lesson? It is good to spend the spend time at the feet of Jesus. On the way to the priest, one guy looked down and maybe looked and said, Hey, John, your finger grew back. Imagine that. Because one of them, I mean, these guys, they are, they are the walking dead. And as they are walking, they are coming back to life. Imagine the conversation. It's not recorded. But imagine the conversation that's going on between these ten guys as, as they're walking down the road together. And they see themselves being healed and being cleansed. And, and you know, we don't know. We don't know what nine of them do. They may have gone to the priest. They might not. I wonder, I've always wondered, how many of you have a list of questions you're asking Jesus when you get there? Okay, here's a bunch of liars again, because I know you all got one. Did they go to the priest? And if they didn't, did their leprosy come back? Because what was, what, was what was the contingency of their being healed? Going where? To the priest. If they didn't do what Jesus did, did their leprosy come back? I, that's just a question that I want to ask. Um, not that it amounts to anything, but I'm just curious. But we do know that one guy did what? One guy comes back to the great high priest and he lays at his feet. You know, the world gives us so many things to worship. The world gives us so many things to spend time with and to look towards and, and to involve ourselves with. But nothing will ever be more fulfilling than spending time at the feet of Jesus. Amen? That's something that we all need in our life. Here's a key lesson from this idea. Ten men were exposed to God's power, but only one sought a personal relationship with Him. Ten men were exposed. Only one sought a personal relationship with Him. That very much is reminiscent of Jesus' words about Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and, and many find it. But narrow is the road that leads to salvation. And what does he say? Only a few are going to find it. This is those passages being lived out right here in a story. Let's move on very quickly. This is one of my favorite points, I think. Feeling thankful 
is different than giving thanks. Feeling thankful is different than giving thanks. So, as I'm thinking about this particular point, what I'm thinking about in my mind is, how many of you get gifts? Christmas was, we just had Christmas. And you have those moments where someone gives you a gift and you go, oh, thanks. Any of you? Okay. Bunch of liars again, huh? It is one thing. It is one thing to feel thankful. Oh, I appreciate you getting me that. Yeah, it's another thing to give thanks. I am sure that all these men, as they're walking away and they're being healed, they're thankful for what Jesus did. They're grateful for what Jesus did, and I'm sure they told a lot of people, "Look what Jesus did. We went, we did this, and we walked away, and these things started happening." But there's a difference in saying, "Yeah, I thank you." And then going back and giving thanks. And really, truly showing your appreciation. And I wonder sometimes, if we're not careful, that our salvation, our promise, our hope that we find in Jesus becomes something that we're thankful for, but it becomes so routine that we forget to give thanks. And use it as a motivator to do works for God, to show Him how thankful we are for what He has done for us. So being thankful is a lot different than just giving thanks. Let's look at one more thing. Jesus started, or let Jesus finish what He started in you. Let Jesus finish what He started in you. Again, ten men were cleansed, but only one man became whole. Ninety percent of them only received a small portion of what could have been theirs. And one received full salvation, full healing. Jesus wants to do more than just clean you up. He wants to make you whole and complete. One of my favorite promises in the Scriptures is found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He who began a good work in, in you will carry it on until the day of Christ. It is a process. It is a process, our growth. And my question is, have you simply approached Jesus, as I heard one time, as nothing but eternal fire insurance? Or are you continually falling at His feet every day to allow Him to make you whole? I don't know why you came today. I don't know why. But I hope you leave. I hope you leave with a willingness to allow Jesus to finish what He started in your life. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you do for us, all that you give us. The love, the mercy, the grace, even the times that we need it, God. The, the, the punishment for the sins that we have to endure sometimes because we just think we can do it better on our own. You are a truly just God. And with that comes your amazing love. And God, I pray this morning that as we look into this new year, as we look into these new opportunities, that we'll remember the lessons from this leper. That we need to be so, so thankful, not just in thought, but in action, God. That we need to spend time with you every single day, listening to your words and meditating on them, God. 
Help us to understand that we may be battling a, a sin that we think that we've got it hidden. We think that we've got it under control, but sin always rules if we allow it in, God. Help us to get rid of those things, to admit our need and to call out to you because only through you do we find forgiveness, salvation, and healing, God. Help us all to grow closer to you in our time together. It's in your son's name we pray. There is a God, He is a If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 930 and Wednesday evenings at 630. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to listen again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.